Good morning. It's uh, great to see everybody here today. We're thankful that you're here. Uh, we want to invite you back tonight at 6 o'clock. We're going to have a special prayer service, and we'll be singing some songs and hearing some readings from God's Word as well. And uh, there's just no better way to begin this new year on the first day of 2017 than to carve out some time and to gather as God's people uh, and to bow before Him, to lift up our concerns to His throne. And you'll have the chance to do that tonight at 6 o'clock. So come back and join us for that time. Listen, a lot of you guys, well, you went to bed early last night, and so your first glimpse of 2017 was when you opened your eyes this morning. However, some of you stayed up late, and you welcomed it. And uh, so you're a little bit uh, drowsy this morning. I know that we just sat back down, but just to ensure that nobody nods off during the sermon, I'd like for us once again to get on our feet, to welcome those around us, to wish everybody a Happy New Year. Would you do that with me? Hey, what's up, dude? How are you? How was the party last night? Was it? Ah, yeah. How late were you up? Oh, you needed to stand up again. Yeah. Hey, good to have all these people with you today. That's awesome. Yes. Hey, buddy. How are you? Good. Very good. How are you? Happy New Year. We'll celebrate it together. Is it a big, exciting gathering or just a small, quiet? That's great. That's great. You know, starting a new year is both exciting and scary. Uh, it's exciting because we don't know what blessings will be in store for this new year. Uh, but it's also scary because we have no idea what challenges or tragedies we'll have to face. We don't know what we will have been through in terms of hardships by this time next year. Uh, but we do know who walks alongside us, and that is our Father God. We do know who will hold our hand all through this new year, and that ought to bring us a lot of comfort. One of the things that I'm greatly excited about is our one-word series, which begins today after all, all the words that I've spoken to you about it, after all the buildup, uh, it begins today. And most of you have your book. Uh, you do not have to bring your book every Sunday. We will read it throughout the week, uh, but it will not be required for you uh, to follow along in as I preach on Sunday mornings. But uh, if you have not yet picked up a book, they are available in the church office, and so get with me or get with our, our Alex or our church secretary and make sure that you have a book, because today I'm preaching on the first word, and tomorrow you'll begin reading about that word, and you'll read about it from Monday to Friday if you do all the daily readings in order, uh, and then next week I'll preach on the second word, and rinse and repeat throughout the year. This is the cycle uh, that we will be going through, and I'm I'm very excited about it, and I pray, I do pray that it will be a great blessing to all of us 
Uh, I think it's cool that we're all going to be reading this together. And I pray that we'll see much growth come from this study. It's fitting that the first word is, and if you've already opened up your book and some of you said, oh, you're, I'm going to be in trouble, I've already read. Look, it's your book now. You can do with it what you want. You can read whatever part you want to read, but we have given you a reading plan to keep everybody on track. And so some of you already know, but maybe some of you don't yet, that the first word is word. And as we start today, I'm wondering, what are the most powerful words that you've ever heard? Maybe these words, will you marry me, are the most powerful words you've ever heard. Uh, Or, maybe they're the most disturbing words you've ever heard, depending on who is asking. Maybe yes uh, to that question that I just shared. Maybe that was the most powerful word that you've ever heard. How about, I do. I do. As you stood there with your wife or husband-to-be, vowing your love for one another for a lifetime. What about, you're going to have a baby? How about those words? Powerful words? How about, it's a boy? Uh, or, it's a girl? I've heard that, those last three words several times. What about these three little words? I love you. I love you. Powerful words. What about these? I now baptize you. You know the rest. Powerful words. Or, you're getting a raise. We're promoting you. Powerful words. We could add to this list. This is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of powerful words (coughs) that you've heard in your life. (coughs) But as powerful as these words may be, they don't even hold a candle to the most powerful words that were spoken by our God. I want to talk about some powerful words that God has spoken in times past. God's words have the power to create. Anybody in here have the power to create just by speaking? Do your words have the power to create? The answer is no. But God's words do. The Bible tells us, and this is the text that Michael read for us a moment ago. The Bible says that God brought all things into being simply by speaking. All it took was a word from God to make all the things that we see on our earth and in this universe. Psalm 33, starting in verse 6. The psalmist says, By the word of the Lord the heavens were made, and by the breath of His mouth all their host. He gathers the waters of the sea as a heap, He puts the deeps in storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the inhabitants of the world stand in awe of Him. Listen to this. For He spoke and it came to be. That's all it took. He commanded and it stood firm. God's words have the power to create. I'm amazed at how many times I see the words, and God said in Genesis chapter 1. And God said, let there be this and let there be that. Just by His words, all things came into being. Genesis 1 says that He spoke, and it was so. And it was so. It just happened. It appeared. Just as He spoke it into being. And Paul in the New Testament says, 
He calls into existence the things that do not exist. Out of nothing, God creates. God brings into existence. And it's only by the power of His Word, that's all it takes. Simply by speaking, God can create. Okay, I'm going to hunt some water in here. (coughs) Frank, are you sick? Living by faith. That's the song we sing, right? All right. God's words have the power to create. God's words also have the power to calm. I'm thinking now about God's Son. God in the flesh, when He came. Mark shares the following story about some words that He spoke. Over in Mark chapter 5, many of you are familiar with this story. When Jesus and many of His disciples go out onto the Sea of Galilee uh, in several boats, and Jesus is there in one, and a storm blows up, and it's an intense storm. And Mark tells us that the waves were breaking onto the boat. And if you've ever been to the ocean and you've seen those waves breaking, maybe especially on a turbulent day, you know how frightening that would be if you were out on a boat, and the waves were breaking onto the boat. Mark says the boat was filling up with water. And what was Jesus doing in the midst of all this turbulence? He had his head on a cushion on the stern, and he was asleep. And so the disciples, they run to him and they say, Jesus, how could you possibly be sleeping? We are about to die. How could you be snoozing while we're perishing? And Jesus wakes up, and with a word, with In our English Bible's three little words, in the Greek, it's just two words. He says, peace, be still. And the air becomes calm. And the surface of the sea becomes like glass. And the storm is calm. And Jesus says, O ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Just with words, Jesus was able to bring calm to that storm and that sea. God's words have the power to calm. God's words also have the power to heal. As I observe the Gospel of Mark, I see that with words like, come out of Him, be clean, rise, pick up your bed, and go home. Stretch out your hand, be healed, be opened. With these words and many more, Jesus drove out demons, and He healed many ailments and sicknesses. God's words have the power to heal. And God's words even have the power to resurrect. At the command of His Word, hearts, they began to beat again. Lungs were again filled with air. The dead were brought to life. To the dead child in Mark chapter 5, Jesus says, Talitha kumi which translates, little girl, I say to you, arise. And what does the Bible say? That she hesitated a bit? That she laid there a few moments more? No. Mark says, immediately, life was breathed back into her little body, and she arose. Just like that, she went from death to life because of the words of the Son of God, of God in the flesh, Jesus Christ, simply by speaking. He could bring the dead back to life. And you know about the most famous person that he raised to life? 
Lazarus. He approached that tomb where Lazarus lay, and he said, Lazarus, come out. And out he came, and he was there, and, and uh, these shreds of cloth that they had wrapped his body in to prepare it for burial. He, I mean, he looked like a mummy coming out of there. And Jesus said, take off those grave clothes. This is from John chapter 11. Take them off. And it's implied, this is not in the text itself, but take them off because he doesn't need them anymore. He's not dead anymore. He's alive because of the words that I spoke. The well-known preacher Marshall Keeble used to say, if Jesus had not called Lazarus by name, everybody in that cemetery would have come out. Jesus had that kind of power just by his words. Jesus said, Lazarus, come out, and out he came. Without a moment's hesitation, he went from death to life. And we look at all these stories and We look at how God's words used to have the power to resurrect and heal and calm and create. And we're amazed. And we say things like, God, boy, he used to do wonderful things with his words in the past. Oh, the mighty works of God that he completed simply by speaking. And we think about it in a past tense. And when we say these things, they are some of the most dangerous things that we can possibly think or say as Christians. Because they make it seem as if our faith is just based on something in the past tense. We have got to reclaim the Christian conviction that God still speaks today. He speaks to us today through His Word, through the Holy Scriptures, and by the power of His Spirit. Look with me in Hebrews Chapter 4, we're going to read verse 12. You've read this verse many times before. You're going to be reminded of this verse today. I hope that you will be. I hope that the message of this verse to you will be fresh and new on this first day of this new year. Be reminded, as the Hebrews writer wrote all those years ago, that the Word of God is living and active. It's not dead and inactive. It's alive today, and it makes a difference today, Uh, and it has power today, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, joints and marrow, discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. That describes a Word of God that is infinitely powerful, and the Hebrews writer spells it out for, for us. God didn't just speak in the past. God didn't just speak wonderful, amazing words in the past. He speaks today. His word is powerful. It's living and active. As we will soon sing, ancient words, yes, they're ancient words, but they are ever true. Changing me and changing you. We have come with open hearts. Oh, let the ancient words impart. Those ancient words are alive. And they have the power to change lives today, in the here and now, in 2017, in our era. God's Word is alive. God's Word speaks today. God's words, His Word, well, it still has the power to do all the things that we listed earlier. It still has the power to create. To create new life. From the nothingness of sin, David once prayed, 
Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a right spirit within me. That's Psalm 51. And we learn from the New Testament, from 2 Corinthians, that God is in the business of making new creatures. That anybody who's baptized into Jesus Christ becomes a new creature and has been called to walk in newness of life and has put the old away, has turned away from all of the oldness that characterized the old life. Yes, God still has the power to create with His Word today. Does He need to create new life in you? Where there's only death. Where there's only sin. Where there's only nothingness and emptiness. Does God, does God need to speak words of creation into your life? His Word can still do that, folks. His Word still has the power to create today. God's Word still has the power to calm. How many of us need God's Word to calm us today, to calm our anxious spirits. Paul in the letter to the Philippian church said, do not be anxious about anything. Well, that's easier said than done, Paul. A lot of us struggle with being worried, being anxious, a lot of times about things that we can't even control. And yet every day we wake up and our hearts are beating a little faster and our palms are sweaty and our minds are racing and we can't seem to kick all of the worries and concerns of this life out of our heads. And so Peter adds to what Paul says in Philippians. Paul, do not be anxious about anything. Peter says, cast all your anxieties on Him. Cast all your cares on Him. Don't be anxious. But I'm going to tell you something you can do with all those anxieties. Take them before the throne of God and lay them on His lap. Because He can handle them better than you can. He cares for you, Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. Maybe today you need God to speak words of calm into your life. As you begin this new year, you're looking to, to turn away from the worries and the, the anxieties that shackled you, that held you back last year. This is the day for you to say, God, please calm my anxious spirit. By your word, speak words of peace and calmness to me. Remind me that there are things in this life which I cannot control, and I want to hand those over to you. Lord, give me calm. And just as Jesus stood on the stern of that boat and spoke calm over that sea and over the storm that raged, he can speak calm over your life as well. And your soul can be still just as the air and the sea were stilled that day out on the lake. Calm. God's words. God's word still has the power to calm our anxious spirits. God's word still has the power to heal. To heal our hurts. To heal our brokenness. To heal our mistakes. Our faults our weaknesses, to make us whole and healthy. Maybe you need God's Word. Maybe you need His words to bring healing to you. To bring healing to a sin habit that you just can't kick. To bring healing to a vice, something you wish were different uh, in 2017. God's Word, His words have the power to heal you. To make you whole and healthy. To 
transform you into the person that He wants you to be. And God's Word still has the power today to resurrect, to restore, to bring back to life everybody who has drifted once again into darkness. Maybe you once upon a time received eternal life and God created a new heart in you. He made you a new creation. And yet you have turned back to your old ways of living. Let me tell you that God's Word has the power to restore life in you once again. I think about what Jesus said in the Gospel of John, chapter 5, verse 25. Maybe this needs to be your theme verse for 2017. Truly, truly, I say to you, an hour is coming and it's here now when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. The hour has arrived when the dead, when all those without life will hear the voice of the Son of God, and if you hear it, you'll live. Do you need new life in Christ? You can have it by the power of the Word of God. The Word of God still has the power to restore, to bring people back from darkness into light. God's Word is as powerful as it ever was. And this is a belief that we must reclaim. We believe that God's Word is living and active and it's powerful and it, make, it can make a difference. Listen to what the prophet Isaiah said back in Isaiah chapter 55, verses 10 and 11. For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose and shall succeed in the thing for which I sent it. My word shall not return to me empty, God says. My word will accomplish the purpose that I meant for it. My word will succeed in the thing which I sent it out for. God sends out His words into the world to create new life, to calm anxious spirits, to heal our hurts, to resurrect us, to bring us back to life. And God's words are not going to turn up empty. God's words are going to make a difference no matter where they go. And here's something amazing. When we proclaim this message, the message that God's word is as powerful today as it ever was, the message that God's word has the power to create, calm, heal, and resurrect, when we allow ourselves to begin speaking that message, then God's powerful word is delivered through us. And He wants that to be the case. He wants to speak through us. He wants to use us to speak to the world. He, he wants us to be His mouthpiece. That's our calling. And our task is to preach His word. Gary Bradley, who's the longtime preacher at the Mayfair Church in Huntsville, he tells about being up at the Pulaski Street Church in uh, Lawrenceburg, right down the road. And he was visiting that congregation, and he was standing out in the hallway, and all of a sudden, this really large guy comes up and gives him a big hug. I mean, a big, gigantic guy. Gives him a big hug, and Dr. Bradley hugged him back because, you know, when a guy that big gives you a hug, you let him. You don't try to resist. But as he was hugging this guy, he didn't think he'd ever seen him before. And as the embrace ended, 
Dr. Bradley saw that the man's eyes were filled with tears. And the man began telling him this story. He said, growing up, my father was not a Christian. He barely ever went to church with us. But he did form a friendship with our preacher. And they would go out and play golf together. And one day, all of a sudden, out of the blue, when my father was an old man, he decided he wanted to be baptized. So he called up this preacher, his friend, told him to meet him down at the church building. He called his family. The family was summoned and they all came. And they said to their dad, they were totally surprised. And they said to him, what was it that finally made you decide to be baptized? All these years you had no interest in church. You've never given your life to Christ before. What, what tipped the scale for you? And he said, I've been watching. Gary Bradley on that TV program he does called Abundant Living. And he convinced me in his preaching that I needed to be baptized into Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. And that big strong guy telling Dr. Bradley the story with tears in his eyes, he finally had been given the opportunity to say thank you to the man who helped change his father's life, and most importantly, his father's eternity. When we allow God to speak his word through us, lives are changed, souls are saved. Sometimes, when we don't even realize it, when God's word goes out, as the prophet said, it does not come back empty. It's powerful. And it's not just for preachers like me or for Dr. Bradley, who has a television program. You don't have to stand behind a pulpit or or behind a a TV camera to be able to make a difference, to, to allow God's Word to speak through you. God wants us to speak His Word in coffee shops and restaurants and in the hallways of our schools and our places of work and on the town square and in the grocery store and anywhere we find ourselves. God wants us to be speaking His Word, which still has the power to calm and to heal and to resurrect and to create new life. And as we close today, I want to remind you once once again that God is speaking today. What's He saying to you? To some of you, I want you to hear His voice. To some of you, He's saying, be saved. He's saying, be saved. He's saying, come and give your life to Jesus Christ. He is the only way to share a relationship with me. You will receive innumerable blessings when you do it. You'll be able to spend eternity in my presence. And you'll never regret it. Yes, you'll continue to face hardships in this life. Your faith will be challenged. But you'll be given the best life possible. And you'll be afforded the opportunity to live forever with me in heaven. So come and be saved. Don't wait any longer. Come and confess faith in my son Jesus Christ so that you can experience the abundant blessings of salvation. To some of you, God is saying, and I also know that there's another messenger in this place and he's the devil. And he's whispering in the other ear that you don't need to do anything to to change your life. You don't need to respond I want you to tune His voice out and I want you to listen to God's voice because God's voice might be saying to some of you, be made whole, 
again. You're coming out of the last year a bit broken, a bit marred by sin, a bit off track. And this is the day and this is the year for you to get your life back on track, for you to recommit your life to God, for you to be even more devoted and faithful to Him than you were last year. And maybe God's saying, you know what? You can't do it on your own. You need the help of your Christian brothers and sisters. You need your church family standing behind you, beside you, taking this journey with you. Maybe God is saying, come on up front, ask for prayers, be made whole again. Maybe God is saying to you, be my mouthpiece. You've been silent for too long, but I want to place my words in your mouth so that you can speak life and healing and wholeness and calm to the people in your world this year. Don't let another year go by without telling that person or that family member or that friend about me and about the salvation that can come through Jesus. Allow me to speak my powerful words through you this year. And maybe that's something you want to come and ask for prayers for. Who among us could not use prayers on that front? Maybe you want to go and see a couple of our elders after the service today and ask them to pray with you. We invite you to do that. If there is a spiritual need in the house this morning, would you come and make it known? Listen to God's voice as we stand and sing right now.